This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. You are listening to The Arenality on RFM. Hello everyone. My name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast The Arenality. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch, Free FM in Hamilton, and Coast Access Radio in Horofenwa and Kapiti. Hello from Dunedin. And to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, hello from New Zealand. So, The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. So, in this episode, um, is a Arena Reflects episode, so I'll be alone today speaking to all of you, and I think it's been a while since I did that. Um, the last Arena Reflects episode was... I think something about perfectionism, uh, and the week before that, I did something about the uh, about my hijab story because that was just um, that was in March when fifteenth uh, March um, it was the anniversary date, and also there was the um, Otago Girl scandal. Um, so it was a really good time to be reflecting on all of that, um, and. It is currently June, um, and I'm recording this on my birthday. Yay! Um, so um, this is really exciting because I feel like I'm doing birthday reflections on top of doing a podcast and actually chatting with you today um, and thinking about my year and how I've been. So hopefully this is fun for you as well as it is for me. Um, so this week's episode is called Arena Reflects on Turning 23. Uh, it's so funny because last year I actually did a podcast called Arena Reflects on Turning 22 um, and I had to listen to it this morning just to see how like how much I've grown and honestly I can't believe how much things change within a year, how um, much growth happened. And like there were some things that I don't um, agree with myself anymore, uh, which was funny because I'm just listening to myself and, um, you know, just being having an open mind to like, oh, okay, that's what she was like back then, <laughs> um, even though it was just a year ago. Um, but yeah, birthdays are fun because I love reflecting and thinking about how much I've grown um, and I think it's a really good time to be having those resets as well like some people they love doing resets during the new year some people wait for um, their cultural new years like you know um, Chinese New Year, Matariki um, but for me I love doing it at um, I love doing it on most of the celebrations but definitely during my birthday because it's just a really good time to be thinking about myself and um, you know all the growth that happened so let me just um, turn back in time and remember what it was like to turn 22 um, 
So last year during my birthday, it was a lot. I I participated in the World Vision 40-Hour Famine. So it was a fundraising event for the children in um, Africa. And the goal was $1,000, but I managed to raise $1.6,000, which was crazy because I would not imagine it would go that far. Um, but, you know, alhamdulillah, I would never thought that that was going to happen. But we had so much support and I'm that was like my birthday gift and a lot of people gave me gifts through the fundraising and I was really happy about that. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of time last year to be organizing a fundraiser. Um, and I think last year, turning 22, it was a lot of reflections on slowing down. I think I used the, that word a lot, slowing down, because I was... Um, it was my first year as a full-time work person. Um, I used to be studying uh, between like 18 to 21. Um, I used to be studying. And at 22, I started my full-time job. And now I'm 23. So it's still like in the early years of my career. But because I was such a busy person during my university year, like I was in student politics, I was in clubs, I studied um, and a lot of other things. Um, I was part of the Asian New Zealand Foundation, uh, which is such a really good network and I'm still part of it today. I'm actually on the advisory board. Um, and that says a lot about how active I was, um, grabbing all the opportunities I can. Um, and by slowing down, I didn't mean like uh, settling. This is what I want now. Um, it means like just being aware of my body and when it needs rest, when my body needs to slow down, when I need to say no to things because it was probably not good timing or I wasn't in the right state of mind. So yeah, those kinds of things um, were the conversations that I had with myself during the age of 22, basically. I had a lot of that kind of conversations, just thinking about whether this was something I need to do right now or it can be done at a later time. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you have those conversations in your head as well. Um, and I really recommend that you keep doing that too. I think it's really hard to be aware of your thoughts. Um, but once you start, you know, it doesn't have to be journaling. You can um, record a podcast or just, you know, talk to yourself because sometimes you don't, you just don't do that. And um, those thoughts just uh, run wild in your head and you don't listen to that inner voice. Um so yeah, so that was happening when when I turned 22. Um, so last year, I was also very homesick. Um, so I haven't seen my family since the end of 2018, um, which is really tough um, because of COVID borders. I don't think I want to mention those words anymore. Um, but, you know, um, it was 
it was very hard to not know when I can see my family again. Um, and it's like, you know, we're, we're stuck in this middle ground where we just don't know um, when we just can't plan anything. Or uh, even if we did, we just can't fit things into our schedule or we're just unsure. But now that borders are open and, um, you know, it's so nice to see people reuniting. And, you know, those those kinds of videos, they make me so, so sad because I wish I was one of them as well. Um, but, you know, I'm so happy for my friends who went back home and came back to New Zealand. Um, you know, I wish uh, one day one day hopefully end of the year or early next year or sometime um, I can come back to Malaysia and visit um, so yeah homesickness is a big thing last year um, yeah and I think something I also want to mention is that I feel like I reconnected a lot with my body last year um, there's a lot of conversations about like how I feel how like my womanhood as well and I think I did a lot of reflections on like uh, period productivity and also uh, mindful menstruation. Um, and I had conversations about um, using period underwear instead of pads, you know, just to be mindful of the, the way you experience your menstruation as a woman um, or as someone who menstruates. So I think there was a lot of conversation around that. And I am happy that, you know, those things happened when I was 22. Um, yay. So I am now 23. Um, so my parents had me when they were 23. So 23 feels like an adult age um, in my culture. It might feel like, oh, my God, Arena, you're only 23. But you know, cultural differences are very different. I had a chat with a friend once. Um, like, I told them, like, yeah, like, I'm turning 23. My parents had me when they were 23, so it feels like an adult age. Um, but they said that, oh, my parents had me when they were 41, you know. Um, and it says a lot about the differences in culture. And yeah, which is why we just have to keep an open mind because differences in culture is a very big deal to someone. Mm, and uh, which is why you know, not it's not that it's weird; it's just different. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't think I've mentioned on this podcast before, but I recently got married. Um, it's so funny to be saying out loud, um, especially on this podcast, because I don't think I've really shared much about my personal relationship uh, with my partner on a podcast um, but yay so I think it's worth um, sharing the journey of how it got there um, so my partner Faris um, we've been friends since I was 14 and he was 16 so we were high school friends uh, we went to the same high school in Malaysia I sort of knew that he liked me back then and I liked him too um, but you know we couldn't really take our relationship uh, seriously back then um, but yeah um, 
coming adulthood, um, things got serious, and I think actually planned for something to happen uh, back in 2019. Uh, but of course, COVID, I couldn't go back, and it was such a struggle to be doing long distance as well. Um, but we made it work. I think um, a lot of people ask, like, how did you do long distance for three years? Um, but I think it's probably because we, we didn't really date as much as other couples do uh, because, you know, we went to high school together. There, there was no dating back then. Um, and then, like, we dated a bit when I visited Malaysia in 2018. But that, that was that. And um, we did a lot of things through long distance. I guess like the borders opening was a really big deal for us because it meant he could come here. Um, and yeah, so we got married in Dunedin. Um, none of our families were here because, yeah, it's definitely hard for everyone to come. So they were all via Zoom. And uh, we had a small celebration at the art gallery here in Dunedin. Um, it was so beautiful. It was autumn team and um, it was organized by one of my mom's closest friend here um, in Dunedin so everything went perfect uh, I had bridesmaids who helped so much with the uh, event and just making me feel sane throughout the the week and you know like Faris arrived 10 days before we got married so there was a lot to do but also I let go of all of my control freak traits because I tend to want to control everything. Um, but I know that for my wedding, I don't, I can't be a bridezilla and I don't want to because I know that it, it would only hurt me and the people around me. Um, so yeah, I just let other people organize the wedding. So it was really beautiful and I'm really glad that they organized the wedding as well. Um, yeah, and I think. Something I also want to mention about like my relationship with Faris is that it's very private. Um, I have never posted a photo with Faris before we got married, uh, which is why it was a really big shock to our friends. Um, they didn't even know that we were together. And um, I think that comes a lot about Muslim culture as well. And how um, you know marriage is to be celebrated, but um, the the relationships you have before uh, marriage isn't something that's uh, secure. So, which is why you know culturally um, the marriage is a big deal for us, um, and yeah. So um, we we are very particular of the things we share online as well. Like before sharing anything, we would like make. Uh, we would talk about like whether this is okay, uh, whether we both feel feel comfortable, whether we both felt comfortable uh, with the things we share online. Um, yeah, so I really recommend having those kinds of conversations with your partners because I know a lot of people uh, struggle with you know um, social medias and relationships, especially in this generation where. Um, social media is also part of your lives um, but it doesn't have to be um, I think that's what I wanted to say um, social media doesn't have to be uh, a replica of your real life it can be um, separated from your private life and um, honestly people shouldn't judge you because of that
Um, yes. So, yay, I got married this year. Um, that's that. Um, something I do want to briefly mention as well is that this year has been a year of recovery for me. Um, and like I will try to say this the most comfortable way I can um, and not trigger myself and you know other people around me. Um, but this year, I have been in recovery from an eating disorder. And I know a lot of other women out there experience this as well. Um, apparently, it's one of the most um, common um, mental health disorders, uh, especially for women, uh, but not disregarding men, because I know I've got male friends who have eating disorders as well. Um, but the recovery for eating disorder for me um, started in October last year, and it I just had my last session in June, and I can definitely see a big change uh, for myself and how I view my body and how I view food. Um, it's definitely gone to a really good place right now, uh, which is why I'm really happy. Um, so I don't really want to mention the details of this disorder because I don't want to um, make that into the big topic of the whole journey because it's really not about that. It's about the recovery. Um, and I also don't want to trigger people who may be feeling triggered uh, by conversations about this, um, including myself. Um, but with an eating disorder, there has been a lot of like cultural things I have to think about. Um, like for example, Muslims, we fast during Ramadan. Um, and it's really hard to fast during Ramadan when fasting is a trigger. Um, and I don't es expect people to understand this. Um, and it's very hard for me to um, experience Ramadan normally when I know that food was a trigger and like not eating was a trigger. But I feel like like the therapy sessions, they really helped to prep me to be in a good mind um, and to trust myself uh, and to make good judgments based on how I feel. Um, yes, so <laughs> being a Muslim and having an eating disorder was one of the hardest things I had to experience in my life. Um, and it, it was harder because I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Um, well, I could talk to my partner. He has been very helpful throughout the way. Um, and I could talk to my therapist. But uh, there is this feeling that I wasn't Muslim enough if I wasn't fasting during Ramadan or if I failed to fast during Ramadan. But, you know, um, I, I did it. I fasted anyway. But there was a lot of struggle and there was... It was a big challenge, and I honestly wish that there were more conversations about this. Um, I know that eating disorders have been something people talk about, you know, like um, mental health struggles, uh, body image. But the cultural aspects of humans with um, eating disorders 
were not easily found um, online. Um, there were some articles about um, being a Muslim and you know fasting during Ramadan and stuff, um, but it was it was very generic and. I wish there was like more cultural competency in healthcare to understand, um, you know, because I never learned all this back in Malaysia. Um, I never learned that you know there are ways to um, there there are healthy ways to cope with food. There are healthy ways to um, cope with negative thinking about your body and things like that. Um, <laughs> And yeah, all these make me think more about the things I can do for other people now that I am in recovery. And I wouldn't say I have fully recovered. Sometimes, um, you know, the thought comes in and out, but it's just how I manage it. Um, yeah, so I really don't want to keep talking about this because um, it is not the only thing that's important about me and it shouldn't be. Um, but next week, um, my friend Angi, which you may remember from episode two, if you've been here that long. Um, so in episode two, um, I had my best friend Angi, Angi Kapisa. So she was on the Arinality. She was the first friend I interviewed on the show, um, which was very helpful because, you know, I just started a podcast. I wanted to feel as comfortable as I can. Um, and with Angi on the show, it was really fun. Uh, we talked a lot. She even cried during the show. Um, but next week, um, me and Angi, we will be on the show. Um, and we will be reflecting on body image. Um, that's the teaser. And um, I look forward to have you listening, basically. Like, I wouldn't know if you're not listening, but I really hope you are. Uh, I think next week will be fun. Um, so what I was thinking about the originality in the next few episodes is that I would bring back some of the older guests um, who have been on the show and have reflections with them about a certain topic. Um, and it will be like conversations on mental health, well-being, um, something about culture as well, because I think um, the conversations about culture is so important because otherwise you wouldn't realize it unless you have those conversations. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, really excited for next week. Um, Arina and Angi reflects on body image. That's so exciting. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, so see you guys next week. Before I end this part of the reflections, I do want to reflect on what I want to do um, for the next part of my life now that I have turned 23. Um, I really want to see turning 23 as a year to support myself and my partner now that Faris is here. Um, there's It is a big adjustment for him uh, more than for me because he um, left his whole life to stay with me. Um, so I do want to support him through everything. And for us as well, uh, because he came here for the first time. Um, so he is seeing New Zealand through a like a new fresh lens, so like a tourist lens. I think I want that too. <laughs> so we are 
re-exploring New Zealand again and again, um, even though I've been here since I was 10. Um, but, you know, for my partner, I do want to be with him. Um, I do want to be with him and experience New Zealand the way he is experiencing New Zealand. Um, because it's such a beautiful country and like we love it here and he's loving it here as well. Yay, so that's that. Um, the Arenality <laughs> Arena reflects on turning 23. I really hope you enjoyed this show. Um, and thank you for uh, spending my birthday with me today. Um, it's been really great talking to all of you. So I hope you learn a lot about the things I reflected on. Um, and if anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarena at gmail.com. You can also follow me on my Instagram at arenaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arenality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.